adjust the taste. I'm Scott Curry with Chef's Best. We gather and talk about the trends in marketing, retail, and production of food and beverage that are shaping the industry. Joining us today is hunger relief advocate, Kathy Davis. Kathy is Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Feeding America, the largest hunger relief organization in America with a powerful network of 200 food banks across the country. Prior to joining Feeding America, Kathy oversaw the U.S. McDonald's and insurance businesses at Leo Burnett. Kathy also previously held senior level marketing positions at Diageo, Morgan Stanley, and Discover Card. Kathy has been a committee member of the World Economic Forum Sustainability Committee and has served as a board member for Make-A-Wish America in the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Happy to be here. Thank you. So uh, Feeding America obviously has a, a big, broad, and very bold mission that we'll, we'll get into some of the fine details of, of how you tackle that. But uh, starting kind of at the top, share, us, share with us the mission of Feeding America and how the organization accomplishes that mission. Okay. So Feeding America, as you mentioned before, is is the largest hunger relief organization in America. And we're actually the third largest um, nonprofit in the U.S. And we're basically a network of food banks um, across the United States. And we're focused on feeding people who need, who are hungry and engaging our country in the fight to end hunger. And unfortunately, hunger is in virtually every county in America. So our food banks are all over the United States and then they're helped by 60,000 food pantries and soup kitchens around the United States. Okay, so if you could paint for me a picture, uh, and I'm going to ask you to do this a lot because uh, I'm making an assumption that a lot of our listeners are not, uh, you know, direct recipients of, of, of food in the way that this is provided. But paint for me what, what a food bank is, if you will. Um, are they, you know, at, at the local level, places where someone could go, you know, pick up their, their weekly um, food, if you will? So where do they, where, where do they kind of physically... Um, just reside. Yeah. So, um, so we work with virtually every large consumer packaged goods company in the United States, as well as all the large um, grocers and retailers in the United States, to um, to have them donate food that we can redistribute at our food banks. And in order to do it incredibly efficiently, we have located those food banks in states all over America. And then those food banks work with local food pantries on the ground so that people can actually go pick up those food, that food. Does that make sense? Okay, yes, completely understood. And, and how does an individual uh, become a part of that program? Are, are there, um, are there, I'm trying to find the right word because it's not qualifying, but are there, are there certain um, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll just stick with the word qualifying um, methods so that someone can, you know, kind of become a part of this program or does any individual able to show up and say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling right now to feed my family. Could you provide some assistance? Um, the second one, actually. So we, we work with uh, pantries 
to allow virtually anybody who needs food to come in and get that. And it may be a hot meal through a soup kitchen, or it might be enough groceries to feed your family. Got it. So it, it's uh, it's kind of open to <clears throat> the individual to determine uh, whether or not you know they, their needs uh, you know require them to be able to, to participate in these services. So how yeah. how, how we, yep go ahead. I was going to say, and and we try to make it as pleasant and experience as possible. Some of our food pantries look um, like a grocery store, for example. So mm. we and they go in and they select the kinds of foods that they think their family would be most likely to eat. One of the other important things that we do is we try to provide information on how to use some of those products. So for example, um, fruits and vegetables that they might not be familiar with, we might provide recipes on how to use those um, as well. We also distribute through food through school pantries to make it easier for people to get it. Um, we provide children with after-school meals and snacks. And then we have mobile pantries as well that go out to specific areas of need so that um, we can meet people where they are. Wow, so it's just a, a huge distribution network. Um, it's a huge uh, distribution network. I mean, it's 60,000 food pantries and soup kitchens all over America. So it's a massive network. It's one of the things that made me so determined to join the organization when I found out about it. So off that note of 60,000, if you could share kind of the, what, what the scope of the problem is that, you know, if, we, if we're being totally honest, it, it seems that hunger is a bit undercovered or perhaps even hidden in the shadows given, you know, the, the detriment that hunger imposes on people, I think. Uh, you know, if you're not hungry, you you probably don't think about hunger too much, right? Unless you're, you know, literally seeing it in front of you. So how serious is the hunger problem in America? The hunger issue in America is unfortunately huge. It's surprisingly large. There are are 41 million people in America that that are what we call food insecure, which is that they often don't know where their next meal is going to come from. So it is often hidden because most people assume that that the people who are hungry are homeless or or um, much less um, frequent than they are. And one of the things that we've been really focused on is is trying to shine a light on that and to talk about the fact that um, that it it's a lot of the people that you don't expect. So, for example, more than fifty percent of the people that we help are working, right? They often have families and children and they just don't know where their next meal is coming from, which is is just a devastating experience for people. Right, you have to think that also in addition to, you know, their need for, for food security that they're, oh, I suppose there could be a um, negative effect on their self-esteem as well. Um, you know, if you're working and you're proud of working, um, yet you're not receiving enough, you know, monetary compensation bill to support your family with food, there has to be a psychological effect there, I would assume as well. Um, so if we're, we're I want to 
kind of dig a little bit deep here and um, and see where we go in this. But it, it's it's crazy, at least for me, to think that we're we're the most prosperous nation in the world, and I guess you could say in world history, depending on how you measure that. And surely this is going to be a complicated question, and by no means trying to get political or combative or anything, but what are the underlying factors that have led to this huge problem? I, I almost, I, I almost was taken aback when you said you're the third largest nonprofit because I'm thinking, okay, it must be Red Cross and, and others. And for for a third largest nonprofit in the country to be required, if you will, to to even scrape at this problem, it's just such a huge, huge problem. So. What are the kind of what are those underlying factors, and and what are the institutional fixes that could alter this systemic problem if if we were to I don't know I'm not sure pay attention to them, throw money at them, bring conscious and awareness to them. I'm, I'm not sure because uh, I'm a little you know perplexed on how big and massive the problem is. But you know what can we do so that perhaps you know five ten years down the road that this is not as much of a problem. Right. Well, I think I think it's important to note that really anybody can be food insecure, and it happens to people intermittently throughout their lifetime. Mm. So someone loses a job, or has an unexpected health issue, or even something as small as having their car break down and not having enough money to pay the bill could lead to food insecurity, because most people... Um, don't have a lot of savings and are really living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. So but it's a fairly complex problem. And I think that's why we really have multiple ways that we're trying to address it. The first thing and the, probably the thing that we're best known for is feeding people. So identifying food that would otherwise be wasted, that's good nutritious food that people could be eating and getting that food to the people who need need it is really where we have traditionally spent the bulk of our time but we're also focused now on providing food that's more nourishing so for example we provide 5 billion pounds of food a year to people who need it and out of that 5 billion pounds produce makes up I believe about a third of that. So I think there's a misconception that that food pantries and food banks are really focused only on shelf-stable foods, and that's not true anymore. We're working not only with retailers and manufacturers, as I talked about before, but we've also started to work more upstream with large um, farmers and produce um, companies to rescue that food as well. And the part about this whole problem is that it really doesn't need to be that way. So there's 72 billion pounds of food that's wasted every year. Oh, wow. And if we could get to that food and we could redistribute it to the people that really need it, then we wouldn't have a hunger problem in the U.S. Wow. So are, are we kind of suggesting that it's it's not as much an economic problem as it is a logistics problem. Um, I think it's partially. Yeah. yeah, I think it's partially a logistics problem in large part. And I think I would step back and say before that, it really is an awareness issue. 
Mm. Most people have absolutely no idea that there are that many people who are hungry in the U.S. because I firmly believe if they did know, they'd all want to do something about that. And so um, that's really the first issue is, is that there's a lack of awareness of the problem. And then the second issue is logistics because there is enough food. Um, that food is just not always in the right place or accessible to the people that need it. Hmm. Why, why is it, do you think, that there is such low awareness level of, of the hunger problem? Is it, is it a head in the sand? Is it just, you know, uh, while the problem is so big, I just, I can't really fix it, so I'm just not really going to pay attention to it because I feel this is personal opinion, I suppose. I feel that um, there are, I feel that there are certain causes that I'm aware of that I feel like I can relate to because either, either I feel I can have a, an impact through a donation or, or, you know, donation of our own time or other resources, or, you know, they directly affect you. I, I, I would, you know, offer cancer as an example where every one of us has always been touched, has been touched by cancer. I'm not sure right. if, you know, I think I, you know, benefiting from a traditional middle-class suburban growing up and et cetera, I don't feel like I have been personally um, impacted or, you know, known individuals or perhaps I've known people and it, and it just hasn't, you know, they haven't, I don't think people, you know, volunteer, hey, I, I, you know, I'm obtaining my food from a food pantry. So what, what is it that perhaps from a communication challenge standpoint is, is, is most challenging or the biggest hill to climb so that we could go from an awareness level of, I don't know, I'm going to make this up to 10% to 90% uh, as it might be right. for cancer or, you know, other, other epidemics that are out there. Well, I think it goes back to the problem we talked about before, right? It really is hidden. I, I bet you know quite a few people who are hungry. When I was a little girl, one of my best friends was hungry, and I had absolutely no idea until probably six or eight months after, after um, we started to get to know each other and hang out, I had her over for dinner, and we had steak, and she said they never got steak. They got bologna once a week and her family had six kids. I had no idea. She was my best friend. So I think that there are a lot of people when you think about people who have jobs that don't necessarily make very much or they might not have a strong support network. Um, they don't live near family. And there is a certain shame and stigma about being hungry. People feel really bad about it. One of the things that we've been trying to work on is is getting more people who are no longer hungry to tell their story. And a lot of them have their parents say no, because it's embarrassing. They don't yeah. want to admit that they were having difficulty feeding their family. That's a private personal matter. And so if people don't talk about it and it's not readily apparent, I think it's hard to, to pick out. The other issue is that I think we've been trained to think about hunger as malnutrition and the kind of hunger that you see in Africa right. and yeah. where you have right thick, thin kids and, and things. And in fact, in the United States, food is available, but they can't necessarily make healthy choices because they're not sure where your next meal is coming from. So you want to make sure that you're 
filling yourself up and filling your kids up. So, so um, oftentimes um, the people that are hungry are obese and face obesity. And as a result of that, then they're more likely to have heart disease and diabetes. So it, it's associated with an awful lot of factors, I think. Uh, yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense that there's, you know, there's a certain s- special stigma almost to, uh, you know, the, the pride factor in being able to feed your family. It's, it, you know, it's almost to the point that it's cliche, right? They throw around that term, oh, I need to feed my family. Um, and I think embedded in that is, is a certain uh, strength of ego. And then, you know, it's interesting that you pointed that out about Africa too, because I had that vision earlier in our conversation, I'm not sure what spurred it, but um, I think, yeah, when we think of hunger, we think of those images on TV from, from Africa and, and, you know, just the horrifying images and, and requests for help. Um, when, you know, hunger can be, you know, there's different, that, that's, a, that's a different kind of hunger, right? That's a, you know. The right, it's a different problem. kind of hunger. Yeah, whereas. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make the problem any less, any less real or any less um, disturbing, quite honestly. I mean, one of the things that people don't think about, and until I started really getting involved in this, I hadn't thought about it, was that, you know, many children get school meal lunches um, during the school year. And during the summer, they don't get those, right? So they are being fed through an after-school program, or some schools have breakfast programs, the majority have lunch programs, but when when school is out, they don't have access to that. And while there are other lots of programs that we use to try to fill that in, um, the the way to get them there, the buses and the distribution system um, make it really really hard to do. So fundamentally, our kids aren't getting enough to eat every summer. Right, right, and then they, they may you know lean on high calorie meaning high sugar you know um items that as you said can lead to obesity and and diabetes and and other things because a lot of times the the cheapest calories that are available are not necessarily the healthiest the people and you're you know playing a role in in trying to deliver nutritional value as well right Um, what, what are some of the most pressing needs to widen your impact? Is it financial resources, corporate partners, awareness, political support, people on the ground? What, what are kind all of, of it. all of it? So let, let's walk I through mean, it's a, Go ahead. Yeah, it's a, it's a big problem, right? I think, um, I think we need all the things that you talked about. I mean, first of all, we need awareness of, of the issue and the prevalence of the issue in the United States. People need to understand um, how many people go hungry every day. And so that's the first thing. Um, we clearly need financial resources. One of the things about Feeding America that makes it work so well is that we are working with all the large manufacturers and retailers. And so, and we've created this incredibly efficient system so that we can get food to people. So we, for every dollar that's donated, we can provide 10 meals. Um, we have an awful lot of corporate partners, many which give us not only food, but also money, and they play an incredibly important role, as well as getting their employees involved, having them volunteer, um, having them talk about it. Ideally, 
I'd like people to have conversations about it. I'd like them to talk about the fact that kids are hungry in the summer. It'd be great to have more people um, volunteer to help or, um, or just talk about the issue or make sure that the kids in their child's school are being taken care of. I mean, there's so many different ways that we can help. Um, we just need more and more. More and more, right. Uh, and, and I just want to make sure we have that number right. So you were saying that because of such a, a streamlined logistics system that even $1 can help feed 10 families. Is that correct? $1 can, um, can equal 10 meals. 10 meals. 10 families. Okay. Yeah, wow. 10 meals. Wow, that's, that's wildly efficient. Congratulations on it's that. Wild. Yeah, it's wildly efficient. Well, we have a lot of really amazing partners. And, you know, I believe everyone wants to help. It's a function of knowing um, of knowing that there's an issue and that they can do something about it. I've worked on a lot of different issues over the last 10 years. And I think one of the most important things is knowing how you as an individual can make an impact. And there's so many ways that people can do that. So what would you recommend as a first step to that? I know there's feedingamerica.org. Is that where you would recommend uh, anyone that wants to, to help where they start? Is that where you recommend they start? Yep. There are lots of, lots of ways on feedingamerica.org that you can help. Um, if people want to donate, we would love to have that donation and be able to, to use that to buy food um, for people. They can, um, they can get involved by volunteering at their local food banks or their local food pantries. They can share stories on our social media channels, whether that's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram with their friends and families so that more people understand what the issue is and really start to identify with it. Um, so those are just a few ways to get involved. Super. So I want to encourage people to do that. It's, it's really easy. You go to feedingamerica.org. Uh, it seems that one path you can take is that you put in your zip code. And it, it's very, very clear and intuitive. The options there, you can give locally, you can find food, you can volunteer to provide you with your local addresses in uh, everything that you need. Um, before we sign off, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you feel uh, that our listeners should be aware about Feeding America? Uh, no, I really appreciate you talking to us. It is, um, hunger is a very real issue in America and um, anything we can do to help solve that, I think is an important way for people to spend their time. Excellent. Well, we'll get the word out there. And uh, this has been educational for me. It has been, you know, eye-opening from the standpoint, as I admitted earlier, it, hunger isn't something that, um, you know, has been front and center in, in, you know, my family's life, thankfully. But uh, the more I think about it, it, it is very likely to be, in it, as you said, in any community, it's something that we should be aware about, willing to talk about. And, uh, and, and I know I'm sitting here thinking about how my family, my, my kids can volunteer and help as well so that they can can do their part as well. So I want to thank you very much. We actually, oh, sorry. I was just going to say we actually have um, on the website 
a whole activity list of different ways that kids can get involved, whether that's growing a garden or doing a lemonade stand. Kids have been doing an incredible job of raising raising money and awareness for hunger, and um, there are lots of terrific ways that, that you can do that. So take a look. That's awesome. Where, where do, are you able to, to provide a little guidance? Is that under the take action or, you know, how would, how would someone navigate to that? Because I think that's a wonderful, wonderful program for people to look for. Sumani is looking for that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that I could give you that. Um, last year, one of the things we did was we actually worked with Scholastic um, mm. and created a lesson plan around teaching kids empathy and used hunger as the example and then provided them with an activity guide and lots of ways that they could help over the course of the summer. So um, it was a really good way to get children started and um, to help them think about not only potentially members of their own classroom, but other, other people in their communities as well. Mm. That's great. Kathy, how did you get involved in Feeding America? So um, I actually uh, had a friend tell me about it, and I was shocked that there were 42 million people that were hungry. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And so I started to learn more about the organization, and, and Feeding America also, while we're the third largest nonprofit, only has about 50% awareness in the United States. And I knew that that was something that I knew how to solve, so I wanted to be able to do that. So I joined just over a year ago. And, and what's it like? And it's been great. Yeah, what's it like, you know, waking up every day knowing that your your time and effort is put towards such a meaningful cause? Uh, it feels good. I think, you know, we all we all have good days and bad days, right? I've had the flu for the last two two weeks, but um, it's really nice to know that that you might be able to be helping somebody. Um, not only get food, but also have a major impact on someone's life. If a child is hungry, they're not thinking about learning, right? Or, or if a mom has to worry about getting enough food on the table for her kids, it's difficult for her to do anything else. So it feels good. Right. Well, wonderful. Um, if we're unable to find that path now, we'll be sure to include those um, in the notes as well. The, we have it. You can... To, um, so I've got it now. Sorry about that. So if you are interested in finding some activities for your kids to participate in, in helping to end hunger, you can go to feedingamerica.org slash family activities and you'll find it there. Awesome. Well, thank you very much uh, for your time and uh, for all that you're doing for, for our community. So appreciate you uh, coming on here and we'll try and get the word spread out. Uh, so we can just continue to broaden that impact that you're having. That sounds great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thank you for joining us on Just a Taste, a Chef's Best production. Join us again next time as we talk to more experts in marketing, retail, and production in the food and beverage industry. You can always visit us at chefsbest.com to learn more.